Welcome back to another playoff edition of Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blodner. This is Abe Lovich. And today we will be talking about the conference finals, our predictions for the Stanley Cup finals, and we will be going over some other recent news. All right, Abe, let's get us started. Right, there were two matchups in the playoffs left, the East and the West. Let's start off with the East. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Islanders. And I'm just going to be fully honest right here. I'm surprised the Islanders are gone for this long. Tampa Bay 1-6 and... Six and I'm surprised that they didn't do it any sooner. Yeah, it was really close to going in 7-2. They won game six in overtime by a goal from Anthony Sorelli. Went post, kind of trickled across the line, hit the back of Varlamo's pad and went in. Tampa Bay really outplayed the Islanders the entire series. Honestly, I have no clue how they won two games because considering after how game one went, it was an 8-2 thumping from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Absolutely outplayed the Islanders every single game with – 35.5 shots per game in those six games. Absolutely insane. Yeah, and Varlamov, you got to hand it to him for keeping the Islanders alive for that long. Yes, they, the Islanders have great defensemen, great offensive power, but he helped them stay alive. T taking on Tampa Bay headstrong, taking game five and six in overtime, that's pretty impressive on its own, but he wasn't enough. He's not the whole team, so they perished. Dialing it back like six or seven years, Varlamov getting his chance in the playoffs. He uh, used to be really good, then he kind of fell off, but he played really well in the playoffs. Valiant effort by him, valiant effort by the New York Islanders, who no one really expected to make it this far, but they did. Great job by them. Um, Varlamov went 46 for 48 in game six with the shots. And he played outstanding, shutting down a couple of Tampa's power plays, playing really, really well. Yeah, and Tampa, on the other hand, when it comes to overtime, they are the masters. They're 5-1 in OT this playoffs, and because they just seem to have the offensive connection when the game is on the line. And, like, Hedman, Point, both have been scoring an obscene amount of points, and Kucherov, too. And throughout the whole playoffs, they just every time it's overtime, they just know how to put the puck in the net. Yeah, point injured most of the series, but the Lightning did come through, did play really well without him. So it was interesting to see how they would go without their top two centers and Stamkos and point. Uh, we know that Tampa's really, really good because their top two centers weren't in and they won. So that's why I have them winning the finals. But we'll go over that. We'll get into that later. Moving on to our next series, the Golden Knights versus the Dallas Stars. The Stars won in five games. A lot of the games could have gone either way. But in game five, probably the most exciting game, Dallas is down two goals with a couple minutes left. They tie it late and then win it in overtime. Dennis Gurionov with the overtime winner. Marc-Andre Fleury only started game one. He had a short leash. They pulled him after that loss. And Robin Leonard kept playing after that. Yeah, honestly, Anton Kudobin, let's talk about him for a minute. Even though his goals allowed average was 2.62, his save percentage was 9.2, or 0.92, that's still like average stats, but his highlights were amazing. He pulled up when he needed to pull up. And then you also got to show a lot to players like Jamie Benn, Guryanov, Kervanta. They played outstanding against the Vegas Golden Knights, and especially tearing down 
the lear the learner and and flurry duo it was impressive but i just want to show everyone listening just to listen to this one clip the nhl posted of the locker room after the stars won the series and i think everyone is going to find it quite fun it was just amazing seeing the love in that locker room hearing the passion behind them and how they're ready to stick it on against Tampa in the finals. Yeah, especially because Hudobin coming into the playoffs wasn't the starter Ben Bishop was. Ben Bishop's not playing, and Hudobin playing out of his mind. Not only is he making all these great saves, but they're timely saves too. They're very important when they matter the most, and that's why the Dallas Stars beat the Golden Knights and are moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals. Something to note? was that the Dallas Stars didn't touch the Campbell Bowl, um, which is the Western Conference Championship trophy, and the Tampa Bay Lightning did touch the Prince of Wales trophy, which is the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. Uh, very superstitious around that. Like the last year, the Bruins didn't touch the Prince of Wales, and they ended up losing. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, and another point to mention on the Knights Stars series, it was – a very heavy-hitting series. Average hits per game, Dallas had 45.6 average hits, and Vegas had 44.4 average hits, each having a, a high hits in the series at 55. That is just so much how physical these two teams got with each other. It just really shows the strife between them. And got to hand it to the Stars, though, winning in five. It was exciting to watch, and it's going to only more excitement to come. I'm not going to lie. I'm so glad the Islanders didn't win. Not because of their Cinderella story, right? Because, like, their story is better. But if we saw a Dallas Islanders finals with no fans, two defensive teams, it would be so boring. Like, the Stanley Cup finals is the absolute peak of NHL hockey, is the pinnacle of what the sport is to watch two boring defensive teams with no fans cheering them on. Wouldn't be that exciting. But I can't wait to watch a long series between, or hopefully a long series between the Lightning and the Stars. But getting into that, our predictions for the Stanley Cup Finals. Abe, I'll let you go first. I, I'm coming this out. Mo, Maine, many people are going Tampa. But I'm going Dallas. In seven, though, don't worry. Because after, before the series, I thought Lightning are probably going to win the series after they beat Boston and how everything was looking. I thought Knights were going to beat the Stars, but wow. Dallas against Vegas here was outstanding. As we mentioned everything beforehand, like they have such a defensive-minded team that I believe can easily, not easily obviously, but take down the Tampa Bay headstrong offense. And like Rick Bonus, like can figure out how to take – pick apart their defense like he does with every team. Like we saw it against Vegas. Yes, Vasilevsky's a super amazing goalie. He's strong. He pulls up. He makes the stats look like nothing compared to like other players. He's just so hard power up there. But like what happened with Lumber, Robin Lerner and Fleury, 
I think that the stars know what they're doing and also not even to mention Anton Kudobin. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't really care who wins the Stanley Cup because it's not the Bruins. But if Dallas does win, it's a great feel-good story for Rick Bonus. Uh, after everything he's gone through, especially with his former player, Dale Howarchuk, dying um, while he's in the bubble. So, very sad story. But <laughs> after I, I feel kind of bad saying this. But oh, also, not to mention Rick Bonus, uh, he also coached under John Cooper for five years. So... You know, he kind of has a little insight. He kind of has a little insight. But saying that, I do think Tampa Bay is just too good to lose. Vasilevsky, Hedman, and Point, they're three leaders on offense, defense, and goaltending. They're a very deep team, very great, very well coached. I just can't really see them losing. I don't feel like I need to go too in-depth. It's pretty reason. It's pretty obvious why they're the favorites in the finals. But hopefully we get to see a nice seven-game series. So, love to see it. It's definitely going to be so exciting. Definitely. Yeah. And in other news, uh, we had a lot of news in the past couple of weeks. But we're going to start off with the new contracts that slash free agents. The Flyers re-signed Nico Bay Kubel for two-year, two-point-one-five-mil uh, contract per year. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's it's solid. You know, Obey Kubel is playing really well for them. He's kind of young, you know, so. It's solid. It's solid. Not much to say there. The Canadian signed former Canes defenseman Joel Edmondson for four years, 3.5 AAV, 14 million total. Um, after they acquired him for a fifth round pick, after they acquired his UFA rights for a fifth round pick. So, you know, some solid acquisitions there. Braden Holpe to hit free agency. That's pretty big news. Former Stanley Cup winner. Very big part in that Stanley Cup run with the Capitals back in 18. The Coyotes signed pending RFA goalie Aiden Hill to a one-year $800,000 contract, you know, playing the minors, maybe get some backup roles in in the NHL, but it's all right. Big news here. The Wild signed defenseman Jonas Brodeen to a seven-year, six million average annual value. Um, I mean, that's a huge contract. Um, because not only are they paying him a lot of money, he is one of their star defensemen along with Matt Dumba. But some of the trades they made later, kind of I mean, like I don't really see why they would do this if they're rebuilding. Why they would do this? Yeah. Also, like that is such a huge contract, and I see them not exactly building around him, but still creating a strong team with him in the future. Because they also made two trades previously in the past couple of weeks where. The Wild gets the Pittsburgh's forward, Nick Bjorkstrand, and they all for a conditional 2021 seventh round pick. And they made another trade with Buffalo, which is just seemed a little random from my perspective, a little out of the blue, where the Wild get Marcus Johansson and Buffalo gets Eric Stahl. I was surprised to see Minnesota really ship off Eric Stahl like that, but Marcus Johansson's a strong player. So I'm excited to see how he will play into their system. Yeah, personally, I don't understand either one of these moves, getting Nick Bukestad for a seventh-round pick or getting Johansson from Eric Stahl because it kind of seems like they want to bolster their team, right? They don't feel like they're bad enough to rebuild, so that's why they signed Brodeen, and that's why they signed Bukestad. But they trade away their captain for someone who's worse and more expensive. Like What? Not doesn't make the most sense to me, but – who knows? Maybe I'll be proved wrong. The Wild 
a pretty boring team overall. We'll see how it goes, though, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not a good idea on the financial side, but they could be taking the team in a whole other direction. But moving on to the awards, Leo, why don't you get us started? I would love to. So four awards were announced. The Jack Adams Award, the Selkie Award, or the Selkie Trophy, the Lady Bing, and the Jim Gregory. So we'll start off with the Jack Adams, Bruce Cassidy, coach of the Boston Bruins, won best coach of the year. Personally, I, I could see why I just – because, you know, obviously they won the President's Trophy, most points in the league. But I think it would go to, like, Tortorella for not – for having, one, his star goalie leave, but then, two, finding Merzlikens, Corpusalo, and then making it to the – making it to the playoffs and losing to Tampa Bay. So, personally, I'd pick him, but I respect the decision. Yeah, I – I so I may have assumed that was coming, as I mentioned in a previous episode, around a month ago, actually. But – because when you take a team so far in a season, like a 100-point season, definitely building up a strong team with well-depth. And like if you watched his coaching videos, he clearly knows what he's doing. So personally, well, a little biased as, as a Bruins fan, but still, great award. Yeah, and another controversial pick for the, tro- for the Selkie Trophy, Sean Couturier. Personally, I do agree. I think – Personally, defensively, he was better than Bergeron this year. I think Bergeron's a better player. I just think he deserved the selfie a little more. But I think Bergeron was a like close second, just barely edged out by Couturier. Yeah, I would actually really agree with you there. And also, because Couturier really helped the center core of their defense, even though he's not a defenseman, obviously, around taking Philly to become one of the top teams that they were. It was pretty nice to see. Yeah, he made them the one seed. Moving on, Nathan McKinnon won the Lady Bing for Best Sportsmanship. I mean, it's not like – it's not one of those awards where you're like, wow, he played really well. But he is one of – it is one of the awards for a mix of sportsmanship and playing extremely well. So, well-deserved Nathan McKinnon. So true. So true. Moving on, Best General Manager, the, the Jim Gregory Award, was won by Lou Lamorello, Lamorello uh, of the – New York Islanders, I could see why he acquired J.G. Pajot for first, second, and third. At the time, a lot of people were saying, wow, this is a gross overpayment. But looking how far they made it into the playoffs, I could totally see why. Um, you know, just giving out some decent contracts. The Andrew Lee contract is a little big, in my opinion. But it's all right. There's a reason he won the Jim Gregory. So, Yeah, like once again, with taking the Islanders that far in the playoffs, he I guess he had some things that no one else really knew about. and. He turned out right. Moving on to some other news. The 2021 World Juniors is to be held in a bubble in Edmonton with no fans. So, much like the NHL, obviously, is in Edmonton with no fans. Be yeah. Fun um, yeah, my, my bad for interrupting a little bit. But okay. personally, I do like this decision because it's either they, they play in a bubble with no fans or they just don't play at all. The World Juniors, very entertaining. It's great to see it with the fans. but. I mean, 2020, can't really, you know, control coronavirus uh, right. hockey. So, rather see with no fans than not at all. Henrik Lundqvist told his team – oh, sorry, in other news, Henrik Lundqvist told his teammates that it would be his last game with the Rangers after the Game 3 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. Henrik Lundqvist, longtime Ranger, took him to the Stanley Cup once. Could never do it, but I hate to see that happen. Yeah, for me, this is just 
so sad. Like, if any team lost their star player like this after a loss early in the playoffs, it's just every Rangers fan wants to see him go another year, try to push it to the cup. But, yeah, I mean, he was the third string goalie this year after kind of falling off and Shesterkin and Georgiev playing really well. So he doesn't really have a place on the team anymore, which is sad to say. But that's all right. Yeah. And in even more other news, the Calgary Flames named Jeff Warren the head coach for the 2020-2021 season. Yeah, solid move uh, because obviously they didn't get where they wanted to be this year. And switching head coaches is a great strategy to improve team morale, improve build like team bonding and just push him through, you know, maybe he's a better coach. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blotner. We are Twigs on the Rocks and have a great night.